Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 168. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Muna. The indie pop trio from Los Angeles are marking a welcome return later this week with their third studio record entitled Muna. In today's episode, we're speaking with Katie, Naomi, and Joe about the band's brand new record, the evolution of their sound, and we discuss their boss, Phoebe Bridges. Here we go. Our guests today are an indie pop trio based in Los Angeles, California. Having formed in college in 2013 and releasing two studio records, they marked their return last September with the release of Silk Chiffon featuring Phoebe Bridges. This Friday, they return with their brilliant self-titled third record, Moona. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Katie, Naomi and Joe from Moona. Hello, how are we all? Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, we're doing good. <laughs> we're doing good. We're not great at, at deciding who's going to talk first via eye contact through the screen. But we're good and we're happy to be here. I'm very glad you're here. And it is, we usually get maybe one or two people from the band. It's rare that we get the whole. So I feel very uh, lucky, very blessed that we've got the whole band here today. We do every interview with the three of us and it leads to probably the most chaotic interviews in the history of bands. So (laughs) sorry in advance, but this is what you get. (laughs) No apologies needed. I would rather take chaotic and fun over... Um, well, over the the other, so no, I'm 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 in. Yeah. I'm in for the ride. <laughs> cool. It is a very exciting week for the band. Um, the new self titled record is coming out this Friday, and I know that there's a lot of fans that are excited about this. I imagine that you're excited about it coming out. So, firstly, congratulations. Thank you so much. We're yeah, we feel really good. We're just we're so lucky to like have been a band for as long as we have. And to have sort of experienced very, like, it just linear growth in a way that feels really natural and and really good for us. And we've, you know, we feel like we've been allowed to grow in front of our fans as as people and as musicians. And yeah, we're just happy for everyone to to still be sticking around and hi to everyone who's new. <laughs> I think that the the growth of the band and the exposure of the band has definitely skyrocketed in the last um, 12 to 18 to 
24 months. Um, I do want to talk about the new record, but firstly, there's one other little congratulations I want to, uh, to give to the three of you, I think, in what, unless there's like a, a dark horse later in the year, I think uh, it has to be bestowed upon you. The best first verse in any song this year <laughs> goes to uh, Anything But Me because that first verse and Liz and I, who we um, unfortunately had to let go in the call, <laughs> which uh, we've discussed it. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to recite your lyrics to you, so I apologise because I imagine it's very frustrating when um, generous when people do this. No, but uh, you're going to say that I'm on a high horse. I think that my horse is regular size. Do you ever think that maybe you're on a pony going in circles on a carousel ride has to be hands down best first verse of this year? Easy. <laughs> Thank you so much. I like. I also like, I don't know if you realise this, but I like that you said that it's the best uh, verse of this year, unless there's a dark horse to Ooh. to come in and upend <laughs> my regular sized horse. That it actually is the rule. Dark horse trumps regular sized horse. I did not even think about the the equestrian nature of my my wording with that, but uh, that's yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. Um, <laughs> Your subconscious was collaborating. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, when you are, I guess, using, because there is, I find, some dark humour throughout the band's music and throughout the lyrics. Um, we recently spoke to someone else who I believe is in the same universe as yourself. So we recently had um, Christian Lee Hudson on um, and we were talking about using dark comedy in lyrics and finding that balance between, you know, having a really good lyric. Mm-hmm versus something that might be too jokey or something that's not like that doesn't quite land as well. And I was wondering, yeah, for you guys, where do you find that balance? Yeah. Um, I, I will, will try not to answer every question myself, but um, I, I recently listened to Christian's record and he's so great. And I think there's a line on his record about like, first it was funny, then it is, and then it isn't. Uh, or like first it wasn't funny then it is and then it isn't and it's like I think that um yeah it's interesting because when there's humor in our songs there's like there there's always a little bit of like um something very like serious underneath um like even with number one fan like the opening line of that song being like nobody likes me and I'm gonna die alone it's like um I think that we over time have really tried to get more of like just the way that we talk and the way that we are like into our music. Um, and, um, yeah, we do use humor a lot as a band, like, and just as individuals to like keep it moving. And I think I've tried to, um, like specifically with, with anything but me, that verse, um, that was just something that, I, that was like a little joke with myself that helped me. Um, like I I had had that kind of rattling in my head for a while of like, I don't know, sometimes I'm afraid to like make choices that I think are going to disappoint other people. Or I'm afraid that people are going to think that I like think too highly of myself if I'm putting myself first. And I've just kind of like patted myself on the back and been like, I have a regular, it's like, it's I'm, I'm right sizing is like what I call it. So right sizing ended up being like regular sized horse. Um, 
And yeah, I think we've had a rule with this album of like, if something like makes us laugh, um, that's like, that's a worthy, um, emotional affect to put on a record just as much as if something makes us cry, you know? Yeah, definitely. It is a, um, it's an incredible verse. There are touches of the humor throughout the record and, uh, yeah, moving on to the record, it is the third studio record from yourselves. Uh, I'm wondering, um, and maybe if we go around, we'll go around the room, we'll get everyone's kind of, um, take on it. Is there a ritual or like a tradition that you got that the band has when releasing a new record? Um, no, actually, you know what? It's different because we don't really drink, but to be honest, we've gotten absolutely blasted out of our <laughs> minds, I would say most of the time, but, um, you know, I think we, we deserve to go out and have a nice meal. I think that's how we celebrate like these days. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll get blasted at one point, but the ritual of food, I think, is Muna at its core and us absolutely going hard. Maybe getting blasted by some delicious food is actually the correct way to say it now. <laughs> I can appreciate that, of course. Naomi, what about yourself? Oh, their headphones died. Um, yeah. I want to know what you were going to say. Okay. Um, yeah. Ritual when we finish the album. I mean, like, I guess the other thing I can contribute to it is like, it seems to be a ritual. Oh, Coca-Cola. Naomi's going to say that we like to drink Coca-Cola now. Yes, we do. And it's a very wild move when we order a Coke and then we make a lot of Coke jokes after when we're, when we're drinking Coca-Cola. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I actually do feel hungover if I like drink a Coca-Cola and I stay out after like 1am. That's enough to do it for me at this point in my life. Um, I seem to like need to like write another pop song. Like as soon as we're done with an album, as soon as we've like turned something in and I don't have like the opportunity to like get it on this album, but it's like the pressure is kind of off. And then I like want to write another song. Um, and that seems to be a bit of a trend because I did that with Save the World and Silk Chiffon. So that's what I was going to bring up. I did hear that pretty much once uh, Saves the World had come out that you, I don't know the exact time frame, but pretty much jumped straight into Silk Chiffon, which ended up being one of the biggest lead-in singles uh, for an album. And I think one of the biggest singles from last year. Yeah. Was there a difference, I guess, between albums? Obviously there's a lot of growth. I think that uh, the second album you released, Saves the World, definitely put Moon more in the in mainstream consciousness. Was there a difference this time around jumping straight into the songwriting process? I think that it, it it's funny because like, I don't know, I don't really um, like conceptualize too much of like groups of songs as being part of an album although we are very lucky in that like I feel like we're a band where we have fans who like will give their time to just like taking in a whole album of ours like they're gonna listen to it as an album um and I think what's interesting is like I don't know it just gives you the opportunity as a songwriter like 
saves the world was from my mid twenties where like, I think all of us, and we're all very similar in age, like, um, like it was just an intense time. And it's funny when I say that, because obviously that, that period of time was actually pre pandemic, but I was just already going through an intense time. And that (laughs) record was, was very heavy. And, um, I feel like maybe, um, and it was also a time when like, I wasn't dating. I was doing a lot of like self reflection and like just looking at patterns in my life. And, um, I don't know, trying to, trying to make some like internal changes. And, and I think there was a sense of like a weight being lifted when that, um, record came out. Um, but then the story gets complicated because it's like, um, we were in kind of a space where there was some like levity and joy. We were working on Silk Fun. Um, but then like, I don't know, the pandemic happened and we got dropped from RCA and we had to have like a bunch of conversations on like, if we wanted to um, keep moving forward with this project and if we were all fulfilled as individuals and like, what does our creative process um, look like if we're going to like move forward? And, um, but I think that like, we wouldn't maybe have been able to like rise to meet that challenge if we hadn't already been through everything that we've been through as a band. And like, and honestly, if we hadn't done like some of that personal work that we did, like that was reflected on saves the world. So, um, it was different just because like we are different and we've had the opportunity to, to grow up like in this band. And I think we're definitely interested in like, I don't know, having, some fun. And I think that was reflected also in like the songwriting process. hundred percent. Now with the new record that is coming out, it is a sonically, it's beautiful. Naomi, I know that you had a, um, a hand in the production of this and I do want to get into more specific producer kind of questions in a minute, but, uh, the, the record kind of goes from there's pop, there's dance, there's a little bit of like, I don't want to say country, um, but you know, like a bit more, uh, I know the chicks was a reference, um, for yourselves influences for this record, because I got a very strong early two thousands kind of pop rock, um, vibe from a lot of the songs on this record, the anything but me video. I got a very strong, and this is meant as a compliment. I got a very strong, the cause breathless. I don't know if you remember that video, but similar kind of vibes I got from that. So yeah, for for yourselves, what was uh, influencing this record uh, this time around and what you were kind of listening to? I mean, I think the thing that's fun about the record, at least for us, and I I guess like just for hopefully for people who are listening to it, is that it is kind of um, like sprawling I guess is like a a nice word to use in terms of like where it goes sonically and I think that's just reflective of like all of our tastes mashed together into like this project and like just making choices that appeal to all of us and references that appeal to everyone and I think that is just like uh something that yeah especially in this 
like era of music consumption is pretty common, like in, in the sense of like having a bunch of different influences and listening to a ton of different stuff. Um, but yeah, you're pretty dead on with a lot of those inspirations. I think like we all have very different tastes from each other in certain ways, but like we can all come together and agree like when a song is like an amazing song, like we can, we can all just sort of like see eye to eye on that. And I think we just try to, replicate that in the music that we make and not try to limit ourselves to like what we think people expect from us sonically. So I think, yeah, we just were like kind of having fun. (laughs) Was that the same for you as well, Joe? I mean, I think that the, those references are always a part of the canon. I mean, I, I just think we all listen to like different things, but certain songs I think we'll get on a tangent like with what we're referencing and what we are talking about, you know, like a song, like anything but me, we're talking about Shania Twain. We're talking about the Dixie or now the, just the chicks, but uh, I, I think it is kind of song specific. And I think we all do just have uh, super varying tastes. Yeah, of course, Katie, I interrupted you before. What were you going to say? I was going to say something along the lines of like, um, this album does like it, it kind of explodes in a lot of different directions, but I do think that there's, um, maybe like these two worlds that I picture and one of them being kind of like Lilith fair core. Like we're very into like the, um, women like singer songwriter. Um, yeah, like all the bands that they've mentioned, but, um, this feeling of like leaning into like all three of us on guitar, like having some string moments um, and just like leaning into like, I don't know, like. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Like, the songwriter of it all um, and pursuing songs that I wrote on acoustic, which we've always done, like as Muna. Um, but I think maybe there's more of that on this album. And then like the other side being like, um, embracing like the, 
um, really like nineties boy band, um, <laughs> like Max Martin of it all. And just like giving Naomi and Joe like space to flex as producers. Um, I see that with like what I want and no idea. And even with the solid, although that's like a little more of an eighties flex, but, um, yeah, it's like, we just didn't really care. Like it, it, we weren't worrying, worrying about making it make sense because it's like, we like all these things in, in, in our lives. So we can reflect that on the album. 100%. I think, um, what track was it? It was home by now, which I thought kind of encapsulated all of them. That track seemed to bring together some of those driving beats, but it also, it had the acoustic guitars behind it. It had, you know, both Robin and Shania at the party, um, which is probably a horrible reference. <laughs> but yeah, when, when you're, <laughs> when you're trying to build that, yeah, I guess, is that just organically kind of what comes out? Is it a thing that you sit down and you're, it's very premeditated or it just is what the band produces from how the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, um, Oh my God, I'm having a mental blank. How the three of you work together. I know that there is a word for it. I just am struggling. <laughs> I think it, it just depends on the song somewhat, how like it all goes down. I mean, like there are certain songs where it will be clear from the jump. A lot of times we'll actually have like a conversation as to how to approach a song prior to even like making choices about it. Like what if we did this and then like have like a verbal pitch for it. And then if like people aren't sure how they, they feel about it, we'll just try it and see like if, if it makes more sense hearing it than talking about it. But a lot of the times I feel like we will have like, we'll have the sketch of a song and then be like, okay, like, it, it's pretty clear now that this is a song that we want on the album that we want to keep that is of value to us and worth working on. So we discuss like how we approach it going forward. And then I think sometimes like the production choices or the arrangement choices that we make will influence like more of the songwriting. Like I think like there are certain songs on the record that like weren't finished when we started them. And then it becomes like this sort of circular endless process where like, how the beats shaping up might influence like how Katie writes a bridge or like how Katie writes like a C section for a song, like an outro part or something. And then like, yeah, we just all inspire each other to like go harder and, and like achieve the song's full potential. Um, and I think we're willing to, to try different stuff. And I think it's hard sometimes like to not have, a like, an extreme reaction, either negative or positive to like a concept or an idea or a part. I think that's like, can be kind of hard for all of us. Um, but I think we do like, we've gotten pretty good at, um, communicating internally and like allowing everyone their space and time to like do what they do creatively the best. And, and also being open to things, being a conversation. Um, yeah, it's very collaborative. Of course. Um, the band, uh was i know that obviously as we've discussed pandemic has kind of kept everyone inside i know that you were able to go back on tour i think end of last year start of this year um you've toured with uh people like casey musgraves i believe king princess as well um firstly what was it like after kind of being stuck inside going through as you mentioned before katie the ordeal of 
not sure where the band was going and changing labels, um, everything like that. How was it to kind of get back out there and play music and see, I imagine, a much larger fan base now <laughs> with the last record and songs that have come out? What was it like playing those shows? Uh, I can answer. I mean, I think it's always, yeah, yeah, I can always answer. Um, I mean, I think it's just humbling to be able to play shows with people and also just after the pandemic know that there's a reason that you're, you know, doing this because it can be so, especially during that time, it was so isolating and being able to actually connect with the people who are listening to your music makes it all worth it. Um, I'm just excited to go and play some headline shows and do a tour that, you know, plays these songs and for people to actually hear these songs and experience them live. Yeah, of course. I um, we, we recently had the lovely Charlie Hickey on the show, who um, is a satisfactory label mate of yours. And um, if nothing more than trying to manifest it into being, we, mm-hmm. we pitched to him doing a satisfactory touring review show where basically all the satisfactory acts come down to Australia and do like a touring mini fest. Um, could we possibly interest, could Charlie and I interest you in this? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, honestly, anything to get us to Australia, we want to meet our Australian fans so badly and play shows. Like one of the things we were supposed to do before the pandemic was come and play Splendor in the Grass. So like we, we owe y'all a trip. Um, and if Satis wants to sort that, then we would be so happy. I am, we're still working through it and we'll still get a few other acts uh, to kind of sign up and then. Yeah, once you have the details, <laughs> we'll take all of this to, to the boss. Yeah, I know Sloppy Jane's, Sloppy Jane's band is like 20 musicians. So once you guys figure out how, how, what their, the logistics for that, then. That, that might be the most difficult uh, logistical part of it, but we'll still, we'll still try. <laughs> <laughs> it will be worth it. They're amazing guys. <laughs> oh, would you be happy to talk about the playlist that uh, that the band sent through today? Yeah, Def. Yeah, can you remind us of what it what what it was? Of course, I was going to ask a few questions about some of the songs. Um, Please the, do the songs. I'll, I'll quickly read out the songs and then I'll, and then I'll go to the questions. We had uh, Upper Cut by Lou Roy, Constant Repeat by Charlie XCX, Up at Night by Kalani, uh, Sidelines by The Factory Boss, Miss Phoebe Bridges, and All the Good Times by Angel Olsen. So some incredible tracks. Um, one of the songs you've picked is Constant Repeat by Charlie XCX off the incredible uh, her incredible crash record, which came out this year. Uh, what was it that uh, you love about this song and, and why did this song end up on the playlist? I would say we love everything <laughs> that Charlie kind of does. We got to <laughs> see her play in LA and I think she's kind of just like the epitome of what a pop star should be and can do. Her performance was just incredible and I think the reason like uh, we put the song is it, it is on constant repeat. Like it is one of those songs that's super catchy and the production is so cool. And we, yeah, we just, we just love her and love the song. 
Crash is such an incredible album, like top to bottom, truly like uh, the work of a very prolific artist. And of, I feel like she so she has been so like exploratory in terms of like the genres that she's like, uh, you know, made music in the style of and also like that she's had a hand in inventing literally and popularizing. Um, she's just the goat like. Yeah, we love Charlie, and I think Crash is so, so, so good and so, like, well thought out. And, yeah, so many great songs on that. And, the like, seeing her alive was truly st- so amazing. I mean, she, like, she danced the entire time for, like, an hour and a half, like, as a, as a physical feat. That's, like, unbelievable. It was just a really fun show, and, and, yeah, we love her. Love that album. Such a big fan of hers. It is a great album. I think, what's the track? Yuck is another great track from that record. Yeah, that's like such a big radio pop sounding track to me. I mean, she makes <laughs> such bangers. Yeah, all her stuff, is, it bangs so hard. Uh, the other track that I was going to ask about was the, um, the mentioned uh, your boss, your, your label head, Miss Phoebe Bridges with Sidelines, which is um, a new track that's only come out recently. What was it about this song and are you contractually obligated to put this on each playlist that you have to write? <laughs> I, I like wish that I could say yes, but I don't want, or, <laughs> I, I, like, <laughs> I don't, I, we like, I it genuinely do think it's a good song. I don't even want to joke about it. Um, she is so talented. I think that song is just like, in terms of, uh, in terms of her, like, I, her like instrumental choices. I think it is an interesting song. It just feels a little more synthy than like some of the stuff that she's done uh, in the past. And I'm excited for conversations with friends. Um, shout out to Sally Rooney. I know that song was made for that show. So yeah, just super exciting and just like a nice, a, a nice love song. And yeah, we're obviously such big fans of hers and we are contractually obligated to include her in this. playlist. <laughs> It is a beautiful song um, and it is, yeah, incredible track. Um, Muna, Katie, Naomi and Joe, thank you very much for your time today and for being on the podcast. The new record, the self-titled record from yourselves is out this week. It is incredible. We'll put it in the, the link to the show notes, but yeah, thank, thank you again for coming onto the podcast. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. It was really nice talking. Yeah, thanks so much. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Muna for their time. Their self-titled third record is out this Friday and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy or pre-order the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Liz at Pius Australia for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning. We now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.